0: Welcome to The Rodcast with Rod Turner, the show all about real estate. We discuss everything that affects asset-backed businesses, investments, and go deep into the details with some of the best in the business.
1: Hello, everyone. We are back with our latest auction review. These episodes are always so much fun to record but such a pain to edit as we attempt to take out all the awful dad jokes, mostly from Ranjan. But bear in mind that this is not investment advice and we picked our lots only about an hour before we recorded so if we were purchasing we'd be doing a lot more due diligence. Having said that, it should provide insight into how we all look at opportunities and risks within different lots, and please follow along as we choose lots from the upcoming Savills auction, which is on the 12th of May, the Auction House London auction on the 6th of May, and the Allsop auction on the 19th of May, so you can see all the lots we're talking about online there. If you are looking to buy auctions, hopefully you will enjoy it, and as always, I'm joined by the auction industry's answer to Anton Deck, Piotr Rusnik, and Jay Howard and the fantastic Ranjan Bhattacharya who is the host of the Baker Street property meet. So, let's get started with my first lot from the Savills auction lot number 23. Okay, so this lot is a small mixed-use building uh, in Carshalton, Surrey. It's got two uh, self-contained flats on the first floor. And on the ground floor, there are two offices. So last known use is a builder's uh, office and estate agent or lettings agent. It's got a small yard to the back. And there seems to be some space up on top to do something with the loft. So why did I pick this, this lot really? First of all, there's a clear, obvious route here to um, do permitted development from office use, or it could even be classed as A1, I think, to residential for the ground floor. Uh, It's just over, I think, around 1,100 square foot in total, and it's quite clear that you'd easily get two self-contained flats in that. So that would create four self-contained flats in the block. You've got one which is currently rented out. uh, I think it's around £6,000 per annum. That's very low for the area. Flats in that area are currently renting now for about 900 per month. There's obvious uplift there. There's only one that's currently rented. The other one needs uh, some refurb. So my angle on this would be to get the PD for the downstairs, two units. Could even possibly do um, a two bed in one of those. They'll all have their own entrances because it's a corner plot and they've got corner access as well, which is into the office and separate access into the upstairs flats, which is great. And also, there's once we've got that, then I go in for planning as well on the loft to put another unit up there. So the way I'm looking at it is if we're getting 900 per flat, which is for a standard unit at the moment in that area, bear in mind these would be re- all refurbed. Mm-hmm. So you refurb them all up. That's four, possibly five decent size units there. And either you're selling the new ones on help to buy, which is going to give you a bit of a premium because these are new homes or you're holding them. I think it's quite a nice, um, quite a nice little hold personally. So that's what that's my angle on it.
2: Okay, nice one. So you would get four to five flats from the whole building. Yeah. And then get about four and a half k per annum, so per month rent, yeah. so about sixty, fifty-five k rent from per annum.
1: Yeah, I'm, I mean, I mean, let's go with four flats to start with because mm-hmm. you'd have to get that, and then you'd go put in an application for the one on top as well once yeah. you've already got that. So even with four, it's it's it still works. The, I mean, the if you look at the floor plans on there and the pictures of the office, it's, it's not a difficult refurb. You're not really doing much structurally. There's a lean-to type thing out the back, which you may want to um, rip down and maybe do a little extension there to extend the size. You've got windows area there. There's enough light. It looks quite good.
3: It's a lovely little project, actually. It's, it's near textbook, really. Um, obviously, being the office space at the bottom, you can convert it to as many flats as you like. It's only practical to do two. The other interesting thing is, though, that my prediction is by the end of the year, we will have permitted development rights to add an extra floor this, to this building. Mm. So by the time you've bought it and done the uh, downstairs, the uh, adding an extra floor to that will probably be PD and you won't even have to go to planning.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I like this one because what you're essentially doing is you're multiplying your yield in terms of units that are are more attractive, as well as thereby increasing your yield in terms of, of potential income. So it's it's a double whammy. Um, the fact it's a corner building looks like yeah. it's within spitting distance of the station. Shulton's a nice enough area. Uh, this is this is this is this is a beautiful example of of the kind of lot you would want to be picking up at auction.
2: Well, what do you think that, that the build cost would be on a building like that? Because it looks quite quiet.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, you're, like I said, you're unlikely to be doing anything too structural. Um, I, th- I think if you're, if you're budgeting 50 grand per unit, mm-hmm. you, you might get a... It depends who's doing it. If you've got sort of a, a builder coming in, they're obviously going to do it a lot cheaper. But if, if you're outsourcing that, getting someone, mm-hmm. I, I would expect... Possibly a little bit of change out of 50 grand per unit there. Okay, so about 200K spent on there. Oh, no, sorry. That's just for the downstairs. The upstairs would be much, much less, yeah. So I'd, I'd imagine you'd do the whole refurb upstairs for not, not very much at all, to be honest. So, okay. Yeah. Right. What would you pay for this? Now, that's <laughs> that's, that's the million-dollar million question, isn't it? If, you, if you'd asked me two months ago, I wouldn't have hesitated to say, oh, I'll, I'll probably – I'll probably pay sort of four fifty, five hundred grand, no problem. Now, goodness, well, the way I'm looking at it is let's 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 stress test everything at LHA rates. So if we imagine we're gonna be renting this out to the government-backed sort of LHA tenants, and we're looking at the yield, then we're looking right, okay, what else does that compare to? What other opportunities are there out there where we can get a similar yield for similar amount of risk and effort. And I still think it's pretty good. So just on the yield alone, I don't know, I always want to pick up a bargain, but... Or 25,
2: <laughs> I, can, I can sense it. I
1: think, I, think, I think I'll probably stretch to about 450 on this. <laughs> Depending on how confident I am with this whole coronavirus situation, I may even go a, a little bit over, but yeah. Treat
0: yourself.
2: <laughs> Interesting. Uh, what would you pay for this run,
3: well, I think that's my, that's a million dollar question. It's very very difficult to predict. It's um, down south, so
2: it's not really your your favourite location.
3: No, I mean I think it's a it's a good location. It meets the criteria in terms of prosperity. I think if you are investing in these times, what you'll find is that the higher value areas will suffer a little bit of a depression. But as soon as the economy bounces back and we get a little bit of jobs uh, employment returning to normal, you find these sort of high value areas are the first to bounce back. So I'd feel a lot safer about parking money, uh, someone like Surrey than say, you know, plus uh, some places up North, um, cause these will bounce back and there's significant potential to add value. There's, there's little appetite, I think, for this sort of building work at the moment, because I think this is why I think this will be cheap because this would be incredibly difficult to finance. So this will be someone, I, th- I believe, who's, who's got cash funds or private investors available. It's, it'll, it's going to be a little bit harder to finance with traditional bridging and the like. Yeah. So that will depress the price a little bit.
2: Okay. So we won't get a clear answer on the price from you. <laughs> <laughs> No problem. <laughs> I, don't think,
3: I, I really couldn't see it going that much over guide, quite frankly.
1: Hold on, are we are we saying what would we pay for it, or what do we think uh-huh. it's going to go for?
2: Yeah, exactly. We we have that conversation every time we we ask this question
1: because <laughs> I think I think it's going to go for close to five hundred. Let's move on to the next lot. Okay, okay, so this is
0: a freehold gas-fired electricity generating station. It comes complete with its own zero point five five acres of land. The guide price is half a million pounds, and the gross yield is eight point one four percent. It is based in Stoke on Trent, um, just close to Trentham Lakes.
1: And and this is the Allsop auction lot twenty eight
0: commercial. Yes, auction, right? yeah. commercial auction Allsop's uh, lot twenty eight. Yeah,
2: and it's producing income of forty thousand and. It's being sold by Stoke on Trend Regeneration Limited.
0: So there's some notes here in the table showing that the it was originally let to uh, Regent Park Energy, and now uh, which was which were owned by Alkane Energy PLC, but that's been acquired by Infinis Energy, and I think that's a little bit more of a uh, I think that's quite a move. I was doing a little bit of research into all those companies, but obviously energy and and gas and things aren't really my uh, strength, so I don't really understand. The, the dynamics of those change arounds, but it sounds like um, it sounds like it could be subject to far more due diligence on my part, uh, a stronger covenant from infinis, um, but I would need to double check that.
3: Okay, Jay, if, uh, if you don't mind me, I, I uh, look, I, I'm going to be honest here and own up to my ignorance. I know nothing about the gas-fired electricity generating business. What's the angle here?
0: The angle here is this feels very much recession proofy in terms of if I can get the information on the company right and I can learn a little bit more about the gas-fired electricity generating environment, which shouldn't be too difficult if I put my mind to it. This is the kind of it's a commercial lease, yeah, um, which is very attractive. I don't think people are going to stop using gas-fired electricity if that's a real thing, or gas or electricity. And I, I, I think it's it's a, it's a good solid yield. How long
1: um, is left on the lease, Jay? Uh, Fifteen years or so. Okay, and and the, and it's RPI linked well, every five yeah. years. That's pretty. Yeah, good. the next
0: rent review is in twenty twenty two, which I kind of hope would be around the corner.
1: And yeah. Also, I quite like Stoke on Trent is having a huge amount of regeneration, but also it's it's going to be a, a bit of a hub as well for transport. And this being in the location it is and where it is, it's established industrial area, that that it, part's obviously a positive.
0: Yeah, I think it's I think it's attractive. I think if you're looking at if you've got a portfolio or you're looking at property and you're thinking, well, I'm going to buy this. Am I going to try and get it rented? And if I get it rented, are people going to be paying? What's the kind of situation? This is, this is, this is a utility, right? This is one of those things on the Monopoly board you try and get all of because it multiplies you know, the, the, the number on the dice when you land on it.
2: I, I, think, I think this uh, this requires quite a bit of uh, due diligence into the, the strength of the company. Like, yeah. uh, where do they take the gas from? Is it like just from mains or is it like, is one of those uh, companies here producing waste and that waste produces gas who then is transferred to this plant and then, how do they actually operate, and how are they able to 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 yeah generate income? Yeah, absolutely. I think I, th- I kind of pre
0: previs- premised the, the the start of my conversation yeah. with the if I can and it, obviously I'm not going to buy this, but I, it caught my eye because it was different. It caught yeah. my eye because I think there there's an opportunity there if you are the right minded person. And if you're going to go through with the due diligence on what gas-fired electricity is, what the need for it is, what the consumption is, what the cost is, um, and obviously uh, on, on the on the covenant of the of the tenant.
3: One of the interesting things about this lease as a commercial lease, because you mentioned this is a good uh, rent yield, uh, it's good yield, eight point four eight point um, one four percent. The other interesting thing is it says RPI linked rent reviews in the key features. And what that means is, unlike most commercial leases, where at every rent review, if the landlord and tenant don't agree as to what the new rent should be, you have to go through what can be an expensive process to both parties appoint um, commercial surveyors, and it can go to arbitration and all of that. But these RPI-linked rent reviews uh, do away with all of that, because it's just formulaic. The rent Increases along with RPI, and if you believe, and if you believe that all this quantitative easing that the government has been doing will result in a little bit of inflation and a little bit of inflation arounding surrounding assets, then actually uh, good covenants with RPI leases is quite a good hedge against an inflationary upside that we might see over the next few years.
1: I think you you highlighted this uh, issue about the break clause um and I'll yeah. read it out it says the tenant may terminate at any time on 6 months notice in the event um. that has- supply of mine gas diminishes to make electricity generation unviable and then basically goes on to kind of explain that there would be a deed of there was a deed of variation in um, in 2010 to allow the use of main gas subject to a right for the landlord to withdraw that right if occupational development of the retained land is adversely affected by the tenant's use so right, i think that's quite important it looks unlikely as it's been going on for Uh, a good a good 10 years there uh, with that in the lease which is a positive the other thing is obviously just the use class of this this is a industrial warehouse type property so it's in demand it's one of few use classes that are in demand and Uh and and prices are going up so if you're getting an eight percent yield from what looks like to be a fairly strong covenant i mean as we said there's a bit to do you're in an asset class that is improving when lots and lots of others aren't so yeah. that would give me a bit of um, a bit of uh, sort of confidence in it as well for if the covenant does does go then again you're in a, a decent area for this sort of thing with a decent use class the only thing missing might be the tenant which you go out and find so that um, so, yeah, I think I think it's a it's a it's a decent enough lot. So it's got it's got
2: the worst case scenario, which is still acceptable. Yeah. Uh, for someone who doesn't, uh, you know, live off that income on a daily basis, and they can survive within so with yeah. six to twelve months of no income.
1: I mean, the the other thing is is just the size of the um of the of the of the lot of the plot. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And in the future looking at the building on there versus the actual size of it. um, If it was to ever come out that this would stop being used as this power station or whatever it is to do with gas, then there's obviously a lot more space for it to be uh, utilized as warehousing or industrial, um, much of like what the rest of the regeneration around there is going to be used for. So I'm sure there'd be a a lot of demand for that. Good points. Okay, I think that was an
2: interesting pick, Jay. Really good. Let's go to the next one, which uh, Ranjan picked.
3: It's lot number 19 in Auction House London forthcoming sale. And it's basically a three-bedroom terraced, ordinary-looking house within the M25. Guide price is 290 The reason I've picked this is Freehold. Uh, it's near Ilford. Uh, The reason I've picked this is because I think that if you're going to... I mean, we're entering into a time of of slightly depressed prices. And at the end of this, when we come out of this sort of depression, as the market recovers, I think we're going to see a period of rampant growth because of all the QE that has happened. This is exactly what happened in 2009. We had a sluggish period between 2009 and 2012. And then we had rampant um, property Asset bubble inflation, because there was so much QE that went into the economy. So what do you want to bet on? I would bet on freehold houses within the M25 at under 300 grand. And those, I think, will be an extinct commodity in five years' time. A lot of people want freeholds, and very soon, they will simply just run out. And I think this the next couple of years might be the last chance to pick up freehold three-bedroom houses, you uh, know, two reception room, the traditional type of space configuration, with further potential. Because remember, with these sort of things, you can make them a little bit bigger through permitted development rights. You can go into the loft. You can do extensions at the back and stuff like that. So they make decent family homes, uh, and under three hundred pounds the grand. Uh, They're not that many around uh, in that many areas within the M25 that are left. Uh, And that's basically the rationale. I think it's a good asset appreciation play over a five-year period. So with this property,
2: there's no video. There's one picture. And on that picture, there's a dog section police car in front of it. I
3: I don't think the car is included. (laughs)
2: <laughs> How Brilliant. confident are you that this is <laughs> this is the actual house? It will be there still when you actually buy this. Is there anything behind that front wall? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I, I, I think I think the the point I was going to, I was trying to get across, was really that type of asset: sub three hundred k, freehold family house within the M twenty five. I don't think there'll be many left in a few years time. Yeah, already. But, it, um, and, and this may be the last chance uh, over the next year or so to pick them up for under that level.
2: 100%. And, I, and it's very, very cheap for Ilford to to pick up a house like this. And this one doesn't look fire damaged. It seems like something happened there. Well, it's I gone to
3: the dogs, as you pointed out.
2: Yeah, I, I think someone might have got killed or something like that have happened. <laughs> Well I think the important
0: I'm thing to remember here is that it does it does it does fall into Ranjan oh, Bhattacharya's top five tips when investing in property. <laughs> the first part of the postcode is IG one. You can't go wrong with it, it starts with a one. So that that's a tip. I, I still remember that
2: from that from that one talk we had. It's like, okay, yeah, you know, near pay centre of to that's it, yeah. It's very interesting. And let's see what's in the legal pack, if anything is there. No, nothing in the legal pack. And the auction is in four days. I think this is a candidate for a bargain.
3: The other thing with um, freeholds is, generally speaking, the, free, the legal packs are reasonably safe because you don't have all this leasehold stuff and uh, leaseholder rights and, um, uh, and what's in the lease to deal with and whether the service charge has been paid or Section 20 notice is issued. They're normally nice, and nice clear titles. Um, if I was looking at this, I'd be saying, well, okay, the legal pack is not there. The auction isn't that far away. That is a plus point because few people could actually do their research. It's not that complicated to download land registry uh, and just see whether they're, you know, it's unlikely that they're going to be any restrictive covenants or anything like that, but just for that peace of mind.
2: Good point. Okay, I think this one, this one is gonna it's very deceptive. It's a candidate for property that would sell for little money because there's no legal park few days before the auction. There is um, it, like very few information about this, and there is very low guide price and reserve price probably. So basically what that means, someone who's local, And someone who's got knowledge on this property that none of us has got and there will be plenty of people like that in Ilford. it's a very sort of uh uh, this it's a community someone from that community is going to buy this and they're going to go crazy Mm. for this and And just the 400k sale
3: just to sort of reiterate one of rod's points here if the price is enough these are relatively simple to refurbish, and my strategy would be hold it for five years on a capital appreciation play but in the meantime LHA rental because they're they're desperate anywhere in the m25 three bedroom family house desperate shortage and you'll be able to rent them for that duration while you're waiting for the capital appreciation
2: great good points we'll move on to the next one Your turn isn't it, so this is lot number 12 from auction house London it's uh, one fifty nine A High Street, Hampton Hill, Middlesex. And it's a vacant, detached, period office building with a benefit of planning permission for an additional floor. Uh, The guide price is £685,000 plus. It comes with planning for an additional floor. So currently, it's an attractively looking building. It's used as an office. I think it doesn't have permitted development rights to convert into residential because if it had... Someone would have already been selling this with permitted development rights to convert into uh, into several studios or one beds or something like that. But while I think it's a, it's attractive, it's just because of where it is, also what's on the other side. And I think this could be a really good co-working space or that kind of uh, asset that could work as an office for a company or an office as a, as a co-working space as a business. Um, And you can see what the other side, uh, the building on the other side have done. And I, I just thought it was interesting. What do you guys think?
1: It's a beautiful building. Yes. My only concern is, is it big enough to be utilized well as office space? And is it close enough to transport that's just my concerns really with it do we do we know the size of it we don't to
3: be honest with you i'm not convinced it's in the right location yeah for a serviced office and it's not it's not in the right location because it needs to be city centre if it's very very small like that and generally nowadays it's the economics don't really work at less than 10,000 square foot because of the cost of providing the services over such a such a smaller area but i would possibly check out whether it does have PD rights because as long as it isn't a listed building well the, I mean a place like Hampton Hill may have
0: excluded um they probably uh, before. yeah they would have had some kind of art four in there
1: I, I agree with um with Ranjan on the location I just think if you're if you're looking to do office space and it's that awkward size where you're looking maybe you're gonna have to get a, a few different tenants in there the location really does need to be um, a bit closer to transport. i would be interested to see what that building across the road is and who's tenanting that and how full they are. It'd be quite yeah. interesting just to maybe, uh, I don't know, if it's winter, go and uh, see whose lights are on at 5pm or something like that to, to just see how full they all are because that will give you a good indication as to whether there's any demand in that area. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure... Um, I'm not sure about it at the moment. You're not convinced. Okay. I've got a hunch. Uh, do you have any,
3: um, one of the things to check in the, um, in the legal pack is the local authority search to see whether it is a listed building or in a conservation area, because the description does say period building.
2: Yeah. And I'm
3: wondering whether that may uh, mean that there's no PD. If there's no PD. This would be a pig's ear to convert to residential in terms of getting the permission.
2: But not a no. listed building. It's not a conservation area. Oh, wow. Maybe. You know,
3: can I just make a general comment? I mean, sometimes, you know, people are asked, we just know too much and assume everyone else knows the same stuff. And I see so many properties where that's just not the case. Just because this guy hasn't explored PD doesn't mean it's not available. It's up to us to check it out thoroughly. So we've seen here, it's not in a conservation area. It's not a listed building. So the way I see it is PD is up for grabs unless they've implemented an Article 4. And they only implement Article 4 in areas where there are lots of offices and they want to preserve them. And this doesn't look like a highly high concentration of office type of area where they would have bothered. But that's worth checking out as well. And if all those three tick, that's worth going for because that would make lovely PD flats. And with the coming PD right to make an additional floor, I mean, it it could be textbook. And then those things need to be checked out.
2: And Hampton is an amazing area as well. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: With what part, is that? Is that part of Richmond? Because I know they've got Article 4 on B1 to... It's a, it's right next, uh, next to Twickenham and Teddington, Twickenham. Yeah, Mark... If- it might come under Richmond. If it if it does, I, I do think they have got Article 4. You just, just have to check the map. Yeah. Um, yeah. they'll just they, go
0: back to the legal because there was an yeah, email is, from the local authority.
2: It says London Borough of Richmond upon Thames.
1: Yeah, no, yeah so, so can, yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's got it or it's coming in very soon. No, I, I did
0: some due diligence on a property in Richmond only a week ago and it was one of the restrictions that they yeah. had, a blanket restriction on their, on their borough.
1: So I, I think as an office, it's, um, it's good for an owner-occupier. If you've got a business, then maybe, maybe that might be a beneficial yeah. one where you're looking to sort of add value, maybe get someone else on one reach. Um, but, but I think I think it's a, a tricky one to... Okay.
3: Just one oh. other point. When the local authority wants to bring in an Article 4, they actually have to give one year's notice mm-hmm. of it coming into to effect and I've seen many times people see the notice and, and they s- overlook a property without realizing that it doesn't come into a force until next year. So there's still an opportunity to start the scheme and get it going well ahead of the uh, thing coming into force. So it's always worth checking the date.
2: Good points. I like your, uh, lo- your bullish attitudes, Ranjan. Contrarian. Okay, well, let's move to the next one. So, but before we go to the next one, do you guys think this is going to sell or not?
3: No. I agree.
2: On right out of the
3: gate. Wow. Followed is up it, by Ranjan. Is, it, it, if, if it hasn't got PD rights, it's going to be a pig's ear. And they're, why do this when they're easier fish to fry? There'll be so many PD opportunities over the next coming months. Why make life complicated? You want <laughs> to be on a beach? You want an easy life?
0: <laughs> I, think if, I think if you're a local businessman... Yes. and you want a free office where someone else can pretty much pay for the management, maintenance, and any loan that you have on it. I think it's an opportunity, but I think, um, as you say, it's 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 a far smaller marketplace. That's very targeted marketing, I think, uh, for, for, for a person of that ilk uh, to pick it up.
2: So it won't sell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think it will sell. But it, it's going to sell for something like $700. Um, let's see. Okay, next one. So we go to a lot's property. Oh, oh this is the God's choice, isn't it? Oh. It's, it's God's will that I picked. Oh, Lord. Well, oh, Lord. I, I
0: narrowly missed out on this. I was looking at this one as well. Okay, so. Look this, how
2: beautiful it looks.
0: This,
1: this, is, in, this is in the Savile's auction. It's lot 31, and it's Brook Lane Chapel in Alderley Edge in Cheshire. It is a unique and attractive chapel conversion in need of modernization, located in Alderley Edge, a very sought after village forming part of Cheshire's Golden Triangle. So this is a beautiful building that clearly needs a lot of work. What's really interesting about this is it was actually last owned by someone who bought it through proceeds of crime. So it was taken off them. Uh, various horrible things happened in there. But one of the things that that person did do was he uh, he did actually get permission to convert it into a dwelling. Um, wow. And it is it is a a pretty sizable one at that. About 4,500 square feet. In 2016, it was described as a mansion and uh, it's got some brilliant, beautiful features. It's also got quite a bit of land at the back. Now, when you look in this area, you might think, who the hell wants a 4,500 square foot home? Well, quite a lot of people, actually, in this area. Yeah. You've yeah, got everybody. You've got quite a good market for mansions, and mansions of this size are currently selling, well, in the last three to six months, uh, for a, between 1.5 and 1.8 million. However... There is quite a bit of work to do. And when you've got a four and a half thousand square foot property that needs some work, it's going to cost you quite a bit, especially if you need to keep the spec high. But I still think there's a huge amount of opportunity there. And I do think if you're looking to buy something to sell to one of these footballers that live around there or businessmen, it is in a really, really lovely area. I just think it's a it's a really unique building. It's uh, if you look at the pictures. Actually, if you go online and look at some of the pictures of it in around 2016, it's it's pretty brilliant. I think if you go onto on the market, there's some there's some great ones as well which show it really beautifully. So I think what's happened here is someone's taken, tried to get it. They've started works ripping it out, and they've uh, maybe realised they've bitten off more than it can chew. I know in 2016 it was on the market for I think 600 grand, or maybe it was last year. Actually, I can't remember which one.
0: It was withdrawn from the sales auction in uh, April last year.
1: Yeah, but it's a uh, it's, it's a be- beautiful building, and although some of the pictures show it needs a lot of work, structure looks down, roof looks good, apart from the back bit. So yeah, I think I think it's a great great one for someone to buy to look to then sell on to a uh, uh, high net worth in the area. For which there is a lot of demand because these these don't come up that often.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the exact same reason I looked at it as well. I know a little bit a little bit about the Golden Triangle in the area. I think it's a great opportunity. I, I like the idea of a church chapel kind of conversion. Anyway, it's something I've been toying with for a long time. If I was going to do a development, it would be.
1: Sorry, sorry. There is there's just one one more point in that. The other option would be to try and convert this into flats. Now, the main issue you yeah. are going to have here is parking. There is some space at the front for parking, um, but it's certainly doable. So, again, luxury flats there, I think, could do really well. Um, like I said, it's a good area. How did I find out about the proceeds of crime? I Googled the property address and all hell broke loose. And yeah, <laughs> it was in there. So if you, if you want some entertainment, give, give, give that a go. And ladies and gentlemen, that is
0: step one of property due diligence. What's the first (laughs) thing you do? Google the property's address. Mm. If you're not doing that on every single bloody property, you're missing something really very basic. This one, I
2: I was quite surprised about uh, this choice because uh, generally Cheshire, it just doesn't seem like a very high value area. And uh, I was like, "Mm, not quite sure. In North London... I would pay
1: that. Um, would pay. Yeah. Have you never seen the housewives of Cheshire? Cheshire? Uh, no. <laughs> I think Alderley no, Edge is
3: a good area. It's a good pocket. I just think that if someone is buying this for their for a house, I reckon it's going to be an owner-occupier looking for a grand designs project. I think there are too many risks for a developer to pick this up and look to refurbish this as a single dwelling. If a developer were to have it, it would be to make some nice luxury uh, apartments um, that I, I just think it's just too risky as a single house. The, it, it will do for an owner occupier, but the trouble with the luxury house market, it's very, very sort of specific. I mean, the, the football and mansion type people, you know, they want home cinemas and they want games rooms and they want a double garage to put their Bentley continental and all of that. You know, there are a lot of things that are very difficult to shoe or horn into an older property. Um, to get that luxury spec. So it's more likely to be the grand designs type of person or someone, a developer, splitting it up into flats. Because it would make great flats if you could get the permission.
2: Brilliant. Well, uh, let's move to another Jace one. So
0: this is lot number 32 in Allsop's commercial. It is a uh, prominent heritable uh, funeral director's investment. Basically, heritable is, this is in Scotland, so it's the Scottish version of Freehold. And it has a lovely red box next to the the figures telling us that the price has been reduced, which uh, already gets me salivating. Now, anyone who knows me knows the story of the first property I ever bought and the funeral director's home that blew up. Um, I'm not hoping for plan B because uh, this one, opposite to to what I had bought uh, back in 2002, is actually closely located near some crematoriums. It hasn't got a crematorium on site or cremation ovens on site I I really like it. It's, it's, it's a converted public house, really very sizable, fantastic parking. Um, And it's, you know, but the reason I like funeral directors homes is, is my first mentor family member, uncle, always said, you know, people are going to need two things in life, you know, apart from food and water and air and things like that is they need somewhere to live and they're going to need somehow or some way to either die or be buried or cremated or whatever it may be. So, this for me is, is, you know, uh, it may be the theme for my evening It's it's a, it's a cockroach investment. Um, you know, the, the only way this kind of slows down is if everybody within a 10 mile radius dies and, and there's no, no longer any business, right. It's, um, the value of these places are very much built around, um, you know, the, the, the population, the chimney pots in the area. Um, and it's been a very long time since I've actually looked at anything seriously uh, north of Hadrian's Wall. So I quite like it.
2: Yeah, and this, this property, we looked at it briefly at the, uh, on our Facebook Live. And when you look at the street view of it, you could see what someone has done with it. So it's basically, it looks like a boarded up pub mm. uh, that was probably worth next to nothing as vacant property. In fact, it was probably a liability to people to, to whoever the owner was. Uh, but then, after it was let uh, and producing 72k per annum, it was only let a few months ago. It was actually let in October 2019 for 15 years. Um, it then increased the value massively.
1: I've just noticed something which I think is worth, worth saying. It's got a personal guarantee on it as well until 2026, which I like um, Very good. at the moment because what's likely happened is uh, this company may may well be, it's called, I think it's Balmoral Funeral Directors, may well be an, a newer company. And obviously with a personal guarantee at the moment, I'm, I'm sure Ranjan will, will back me up on this. Uh, in with commercial properties currently, you've got a lot of these blue chip and big corporates that are actually pushing their weight around on landlords at the moment. And there's not a lot that the landlords can do. Whereas if someone's got a personal guarantee on something, it's a lot more secure, in yeah. my view, than maybe some of these big commercial leases uh, that have been thought in that way in the past. And also, it's a decent lease. It's uh, when's it? When's it, It's twenty thirty four. So yeah. getting, finding leases like this, you don't. They're, they're getting less and less common. What do we have? An increase in rent coming up?
2: Yeah, I mean, in five years there will be an increase in rent. But yeah. also, this company seems quite established. It's got six funeral homes in West Central. Mm-hmm. South. <clears throat> This is
3: one of these, I mean, the, the funeral business is a sector that's very much alive right now and uh, and growing. And uh, it's one of those um, industries that is not being shut down. You know, if you run a sort of flower shop, it's uh, you're forced to close, but you have to stay open here. So that means that there's some hedge against uh, tenants not paying. I mean, if you, say, have a shop that's rented to co-op as a convenience store, they can't claim that they can't pay rent. I mean, they're open. It's not like a hairdresser or a beauty parlor that's that's shut. The other thing that's very interesting about these sort of players is they actually ask the landlord for longer leases. There are companies like this, you know, people like Domino's as well, and there are a bunch of people that we deal with as well. We've got a tire and exhaust center who's just asked us for a lot longer lease than the previous one. And the reason why is because it's it's a win-win. It's a win for the landlord, but it's also a win for the tenant because if they can secure the site for a longer period. If they want to sell that group of six funeral homes, it actually makes it a more saleable business. So these sort of tenants tend to ask the landlord for longer leases, which makes it a more valuable um, asset. And with a personal guarantee at 9%, it's fantastic. And one more point I'll make. The last Allsop commercial sale um, was one of the most car crash auction commercial property sales I've seen in my entire career, and I'm sure Jay might back me up on that, in terms of the lots that were actually sold. And many went without any bids and many went with just one bid. But I remember there there was one particular um, funeral director place and I was watching the bidding on that because I was a registered bidder for a couple of the lots, and that had about five bids. Uh, That was one of the only properties I saw in that last disaster car crash also upsell where there was plenty of demand for a funeral director place so basically there are many buyers out there with the same logic but even with that sort of competition that still sold at more than eight percent yield uh, which is which is cracking
0: i mean i mean this even says here that you know in the notes beneath the table that the passing rent is something like sixty-six thousand something something or other if you scroll down piazza so you can uh, so point two, and the vendor will top up the rents. The buyer effectively receives seventy-two thousand. I mean, you know, it's 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 statements like that that really kind of make me very comfortable with the, the the quality of the the tenant and the asset in general. And I'm I'm a I'm a fan of the 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 investment anyway, the the class of investment anyway. So that's my pick. Um, I, I think there's definitely a, a theme, but yeah.
1: I've just noticed one thing that I think personal guarantee might uh, only be for the first floor. Uh, I don't know if they've split those up, and maybe that's residential. But yeah, it might be might be a little bit more information required, or a bit more digging mm-hmm. on that. Maybe okay.
2: got it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is a very clever way for the seller to basically increase the value of the property because otherwise they would have to be selling this with a rental income of sixty-two k per annum. And it wouldn't look as attractive as seventy-two k on this price. Yeah. So it, it's actually so for the sake of ten thousand pounds,
0: they can add easily a hundred thousand pounds worth of value so in that terms of, on a yield calculation.
2: Thirty thousand pounds because okay. they yeah. top it up for three years or two years, something like two years. Uh, didn't you say
3: this was a relatively new lease? Yes. yes. So yeah. What What's likely happened here is they would have signed this lease with a rent-free period and the vendor is kind of topping up that rent-free pre- period. So it's really 72 or whatever it is, but they just gave them a rent-free period to get them in. So yeah. it is a fair rent. It's not. A, a, a subsequently, the rent will be coming in at 72. Right. So that's often what happens if it's a new lease. They just top up any rent-free period for the new owner.
2: Yeah, great stuff. Uh, so let's move on to the next one. You chose another peculiar property,
3: don't Yeah, you? yeah. Um, Really, to make a little bit of a point, um, we're coming up to one of these times where, you know, a bit of a recession and all of that. And what I find in these sort of times, it's worth having a look at punt sites, which actually don't go for a lot of money. And I've seen sites like this go for considerably less than this. Um, and they're worth a punt. This is basically a site you know, with road access Lot number 40 in the Savile Sale, it's, um, it's, two, it's a muse road to the rear of a row of houses. Um, and it, someone's actually partially built a double garage on it, but it's got land, a little bit of land to the back of that. And there is something, it has road access, it would be possible to build a, a small little house on that plot. And if you get it cheap enough, it's it's something that's worth a punt. You know, what amazes me is there are people that buy, people that carve up fields in the middle of nowhere with no road access, and they'll sell a plot in the middle of a field, and it's about this sort of money. And this is something that's got a part built building already on it. It's got road access, and it's in a proper area. And I've seen plots in the middle of someone else's field with no access sell for this sort of money.
2: So it's an
3: interesting punt
2: yeah worst case scenario if you if you get it for ten fifteen twenty k uh, even if you don't get planning, you could put something like two storage containers in there, just demolish the whole thing, put storage containers and just use it as storage and rent it out for something like i't know two three four thousand pounds a year I mean, um, I mean if
3: if someone is in in the area, this is one to watch if it goes with no bids. Um, these sort of plots and things, the best time to pick them up is if you see there are no bids. Because if there are no bids, at the, it's already an odd property. And if there are no bids at the sale, then the position of the vendor is very weak. They don't know what the value is. Uh, they've got no offer in town. And then you can just pitch them anything, really.
2: Good point. So my guess is uh, this is going to sell for 77,500 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
3: bet you a get, premium bottle of whiskey on that <laughs> single the thing, that's,
0: the thing that's going to get people involved in this is a very—it's just a one line in in on the on the on the entry page of the catalogue, which is this: in the same ownership for approximately thirty years. Mm-hmm. That is the one bit you know you're going to get every trader who's looking like like um Brandon says correctly, looking at that punt piece of land. It's a lovely bit of Catford SE6. This is this is going to get people moving. Uh, I, I I don't know if I'm at the piot level, but I, I would be. I'd be. I'd be happy to see someone pick this up anywhere between thirty
1: and fifty. I mean, I I, I look at this and just think. First thing I'm going to do is go on the planning portal and look at what's gone in for planning and what it, what its planning history is, because it looks yep. like someone's gone and tried to. Um, get planning for garages, maybe started building, hasn't done it. Even even as garages, like Piotr was kind of alluding to there, it's still a bargain, really, if you've got two garages in Catford. Again, workshop, you could have, if it's a dwelling, they might say that you've got to keep the same height and you might need to dig down, do a basement, and you could still have a two-storey dwelling there. All right. It, so, so this I'm one... describing it as a punt, but I don't think it is as much of a punt as some of the things we see. It's uh, you're right, It'd make a good workshop. I can just imagine it with a
2: flip
3: chart and a projector,
2: yeah. So, so this one uh, we've got a sweepstake and the uh, sponsor of the whiskey is Ranjan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you need to give a number uh, with a two and a half K range. I'll go with 13 and a half K. 13 and a half. wow. Okay, I'll pay 20 for it. So, <laughs> <I'll pay. laughs>
0: Jay. Uh, I'm gonna go thirty-five
2: thousand. Thirty-five, okay. And uh Ranjan? I'm gonna say ten.
3: I think someone will just put a bid and no one will bid. I mean it's a very specialist lot.
2: I'm I'm sticking with my seventy-seven and a half. Brilliant. Well I think it's a, I think it's a really interesting one. And those I see them all the time and they come up with this k guide price and they go crazy because mm-hmm. every deal there everyone who's got a bit of cash sitting around, they just hope this is going to be their golden opportunity to, to do something. And uh, I think just because of that, so much competition is going to unearth. Um, all right, brilliant. So you guys going to love this one. So this is lot number seven in Newbury uh, from Sub Commercial Auction. It's got multiple angles and it's already kind of pre- prepositioned for a residential conversion. But let me tell you what it is. So it's a freehold multi-led industrial estate investment. It generates income of £63,200 uh, 63, per annum, but two of the units are vacant. So the unit number four is vacant, but it's good planning permission for two one-bedroom flats. Mm-hmm. And the other units are let on leases that are expiring within the next uh, one to five years, and the rents are very cheap for 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 the for the for the units. So eight and a half k, nine and a half k, twenty seven uh, k is the the biggest unit. But what I like about this site is because it's in a very residential area. So uh, Newbury Station is just around the corner. Um, this site borders the, the railway track. Uh, but at the back of this site, you've got houses. And in front of it, you've got houses too and and flats. So I counted, you could squeeze 11 of those houses on this site. And also this site is, <coughs> it is light industrial, most likely. Uh, I haven't actually digged that much into this. Uh, but just the fact that the unit number four, which is,
1: have you, have you have you checked to see whether that was done through prior prior approval or not? It would um, have been approval for two flats. Well, we'll see in a
2: second. But this is unit number four, the one. It's probably the one that kind of is most suitable for residential conversion, but still you would have kind of compromised flats in there. It's called permitted development for two one-bedroom flats. Yes,
3: I think the, the a couple of issues that you might want to check out is what was the permitted development from? W- was it from B1 or B8? Because I think the B8 permitted development right is expiring. It
2: has, which yeah.
3: means that you've got to implement it in record time. Well, no, it's, and you, I think or has it already expired?
1: B8, I think, has already expired, and B um, so. B1's- Yeah, one of them's expired and the other one is about to expire. Yes, yes. And end of July or something like
2: that.
3: So you are unlikely, not unlikely, you basically, you'll have a couple of flats in the middle of an industrial park. You won't be able to get uh, the others.
2: The the one that expired is for warehouses. Yeah. And we don't have any warehouses in here. As you can see, we've got mobile windscreens limited. So that is most likely it's uh, light industrial. Or, Isn't that
3: expiring this year? No,
2: lighting like yeah. says expiring in July. Uh, right. But all you have to do is actually just submit the application before the expiry of that date, and then it can be determined later on. And then you still have the three years to actually uh, carry out the works. So I think this could possibly work under that. But even if you get only another, sort of maybe two units under PD. What you're setting yourself up to do is set a precedent, no precedence, but like a supportive kind of statement for the next full planning application, where you would be trying to get like eleven houses like this, almost exactly mirroring this site.
1: PR, I, th- I think they've missed a little trick here on this um, on this the ones they've uh, got prior approval for, because I think if What they should have done was gone for really small, horrid rabbit hutches. Yes. And done that on any others and then gone, okay, well, we've got this. This is approved. But now we're going to do a larger scheme through planning. And we're going to make better quality, better standard of living through that because they've already got that residential. And I think if they can do that with a few others of those units that might be a bit more suitable and then go in for a bigger scheme, uh, which doesn't need prior approval, they've got a lot, a lot bigger chance of getting it. But the other thing I, I just noticed was, even as industrial, you said it's under rented at the moment for some of those cheap prices. I don't know what rentals are in Newbury, but I mean, are they going to be much more than that? And. With in terms of an FRI lease and things like that, it looks it doesn't look too bad as keeping it as what it is, really, and just renegotiating the leases.
2: Yeah, I think so. So, one of the leases has been signed like literally a few months ago, yeah. So, five years, five years, and it's all 2020. So, what I think this says is basically it's 63,000 pounds, but with two uh, obviously two one bedroom flats that are about to be converted. So if you rent out the two one-bedroom flats, you're probably going to get something like another £8,000 per flat or maybe... No, flat. I, so if I can not If I
3: can suggest another angle uh, for this one, which is um, buy it as a rental yield, uh, because I think it's a good rental re- yield in the, in the meantime. As the shops... Uh, sorry, as the units become vacant then create a separate title and split them on. Sorry, sell them on. The reason I say that is because those sort of industrial units are very sought after by owner-occupier businesses because they pick them up in their pension and they rent them to their trading business. And what you tend to find is that that sort of price bracket, those sort of uh, units, actually go for slightly above market value. Because it's actually beneficial for the business owner of a trading business to buy in their SaaS the tax benefits to free themselves from paying rent. uh, And they'll pay a little bit more for it because they're actually so few available. The typical trading business owner hasn't got enough of a pension to buy that whole industrial unit. So to get just one unit is quite a rare commodity. uh, And that's why, you know, in many areas, particularly in places like Newbury, you often find they go I mean, in a normal market. They go within... Sort of couple of weeks of them being on sale, they're very, very uh, uh in demand.
2: Brilliant. So you suggest title splitting as a value add. Yes. What do you say, Jay? I, I'm a fan
0: of title splitting. I think, I think the conversion. I think one of the uses in the accommodation schedules that diesel, and I'm always worried when I hear. Things like that, especially if you're looking at doing some kind of conversion or development. I, I just hear okay. those corrosive substances and uh, I almost got in trouble when I pulled out really very quickly. So I, I just, I'm just i always kind of um, cognizant of it and maybe a little bit reticent of it. If I was going to do it, I would certainly follow the, the rod technique of uh, put the rabbit hutches in there, knowing that it's the last thing that the, the, the local planners want, and then just approach them with a full planning application saying, look, we can be a little bit more reasonable here. Let's reduce, increase the number of size of units, reduce the number of units, but put far more quality housing in there. If you give us the whole estate on, on conversion um, and I, it, it all comes down to knowing that you can have those conversations or you can preposition an application doing things like that. But failing that, I do love a title split. So, um, And Ranjan's uh, logic, again, is flawless in terms of you do open yourself up to a marketplace of stats and SIP investors. I can never tell the two apart. It's not my speciality um, of who would look at something like that and think, oh, that's a little bit sexy. I can pop that in my pension and that
3: can yield me till the day I die. Um, And why not? And then if you buy the uh, funeral home, you can just go (laughs) straight from... uh... (laughs) A to One to the other,
0: <laughs> A to B, of course. <laughs> we should start a business, um, a business around that, uh, uh, Ranjan, just taking people from um, investment to 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 to, to death. <laughs> see, see where that takes. us. probably no positive in the eyes of every normal human being. I'm guessing
2: okay amazing well on that note i think this is a really interesting uh interesting one there's a lot of angles to it but gentlemen this was an amazing auction review as always and uh, uh we're going to do more of those and uh, probably we'll be back in the uh, end of may or something like that and anything else to add guys
1: yeah just just one more point so can we have another sweepstake of what we think percentage of lots that have been marketed at these auctions are going to sell, because I know in the past auctions certainly, certainly last very month
0: interesting word.
1: Yeah, well, I've, I've said ones that a percentage of ones that are marketed, and not ones that go under the hammer, because uh, we we've seen in a, in a few of the last ones that uh, actually a lot get taken off. Just before, especially when they found out that they haven't had any sort of clicks on them or clicks on the legal packs and things like that. So I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see how many actually sell um, that go under the hammer in these. these I don't
3: think it'll be as bad as last time as a bad Allsop. And I'll tell you why, because the Allsop, last Allsop catalogue was filled before shutdown. So it caught everyone on the hop. And people didn't want to accept those prices. And a lot of people withdrew them from sale. The, this catalog is a lot shorter, smaller. I've never seen an Allsop catalog in, re, in, in any time, really, which is less than 100 lots. And this one has about 65 lots in the Allsop commercial sale, which is really, really low. And that means that people who don't have to sell are not selling. So the people who are sell have accepted the auctioneers' low reserves, so perhaps a higher percentage would sell. I mean, Jay would know more about this. I'm just speculating as an outsider, but Jay's been on the inside.
0: Rod's wording is, is very particular because actually, before you get an environment like this, no one, no one pays attention to how many lots were physically offered for sale and then how many of those eventually went. I agree with Ranjan. I think you're probably looking at a slightly better um, cycle. this time I agree that if you're in the auction in this cycle... It's, you're motivated right so, so even if you, three or four days before i think you're probably going to average uh you're not going to be the 85 it's 80 to 85 percent that they were clocking beginning of the year back in last year but i think most auction companies will be very very happy to be selling anything above 65 percent on you know, from marketed to sold, uh, as, as Rod's term goes, um, be elated. Uh, I think they would have done a good job for their clients. 65% I'd take that in this market. I'd take that and run. I'm saying 65%. I'll
1: say i will say 60
2: <laughs> Okay, amazing. So um, I, I, I would say, like, for all subcommercials, 67% from marketed to sold. And for Auction House London, that's going to be 46%. Yes, um, but I think uh, why I'm saying this is because also commercials got only 52 lots in their auction, and they've been very selective what they were taking on. Uh, And I think also Auction House London has got 80-something lots. And they were a little bit more relaxed about taking on properties because they know they can withdraw it if there will be no interest. So I'm pretty sure only about thirty lots sells at auction house, London auction. I,
0: I I don't work there anymore, but um I'm I'm still a massive fan. I'd be heartbroken for them if if, if your prediction came true. Uh, they th- I would I still would argue they're probably one of the hardest working auction teams out there. And I've I've interacted with quite a few and that's a biased opinion but I would I would be heartbroken oh. for them. if that
2: that was the case I think that would be still an improvement from the 33% they did in the last auction (laughs) 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 but um, it's uh, I love auction house London I do a lot of business with those guys and I think the market is very different right now
1: don't worry Peele we'll edit that bit out (laughs) (laughs) please join me next time for more detailed discussions about property on the broadcast